Welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today to another episode where we hope to give you some good advice on how you can actually grow and scale your business. Now, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, no matter how big your business is, or maybe you're just sitting on the sidelines, maybe you're working that side hustle thinking about how do I make this the main thing? We talk all things actionable and practical on the show. Today's episode is a conversation I had with my friend Jeff Turner, who runs a junk removal business in the, I think it's in Jersey or uh, New York. (laughs) I should know better for having him on the podcast. But Jeff tells an incredible story of, man, really the nuts and bolts of starting a business, really starting a business that's all about knocking on doors, meeting people where they are, and growing that into a six-figure business. It's an incredible story. I think you're going to love the scrappy nature of his story. Check this out. But before we dive in, we do have a quick word from one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. Don't forget, you can sponsor on the podcast as well. Just email me, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to leave us a review or go to our Google review page, which you can check out just by searching Good Advice here in Northwest Arkansas. Of course, if you're on our Patreon, you'll be able to skip right through and go straight to the interview. So, so all that to say, whatever happens next, we'll talk soon. Hey, have you been thinking about your health insurance plan for this next year? Maybe you just jumped into the world of entrepreneurship and you're thinking, geez, is it possible to have a good insurance plan if I'm no longer working for a business? Maybe you're even running a business and you're thinking about what does it look like to have an affordable group plan for your employees? Well, I want to tell you about Optimum Health Insurance. This is a customized health care plan for you and your family. And since 2018, they've been helping people get awesome, affordable health care coverage for really nothing at all. It's easy. It's hassle free. And frankly, they're different from the big insurance companies that you might talk to. And crazy enough, you might even be paying less than what you've paid at a previous job when you were on some company health insurance plan. If you want to find out more and save money on your health insurance, you absolutely need to go check out OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's today's sponsor. Enjoy this episode. All right. So this is unique. You got to tell me more about what you do for a living. Well, I, I mean, I've been in the junk removal business for over 15 years. I, you know, when people are calling to get rid of stuff in their basement, attic, and garages, uh, they call a company. They could they can rent dumpsters, or they can get rid of themselves, or they call a company like Mines, and we come in with a truck and a couple of guys, and we remove whatever they have, and we take it away. Well, I mean, do <laughs> my mind's already going, man? You must have some crazy stories, just <laughs> stuff that people have held on to. So tell me, what's the craziest thing you've seen that you've had to get rid of for somebody? The craziest thing. Um, let me think. Or, or is it pretty, pretty average stuff? I mean, are you? <laughs> my mind. I, mean, I, just feel, I mean, so like, most of the time, most of the time is average. It's, you know, it's average stuff. But there, there are there are a lot of valuable things that we find, and you know, in, you know, in the beginning, I didn't realize how valuable things were in people's basements. But then when we started cleaning out and I started getting really involved with it and other people would tell me, man, this thing right here is worth this and this is worth that. And sometimes you would see these shows online on TV, um, the hoarders or some other things and people find $25,000 basements, 
I mean, pictures, paintings, or fifty thousand dollar paintings. I mean, I, I mean, one time someone even found like thirty thousand dollars in a couch, in cash, something <laughs> with someone's couch. You know, so I mean, I haven't found that, but <laughs> not yet. It's been some pretty unique stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, and and do people? Because I'm just trying to. I mean, are these also like average everyday people, or or are they typically hoarders? Well, well, it's a lot of it's, it, it depends. If you're moving, a lot of times when someone passes away, like they make the family may call you and says, "Oh, I have an ex- my my parents was extreme hoarders. They held on to everything." And sometimes people just want to clear out for the springtime. They just want to get rid of some stuff, or they may be doing new construction. They want to get rid of um the construction debris and things like that. Now, how'd you get into this business? It's a crazy story. I was, I was in another business. First, I was in the landscaping business for nine years with my brother. And after nine years, I was reading a book called Focus, The Future of Your Company Depends On It. And in the book, Jack Reed and, Trout, and Jack Trout and Al Reese, they said, if you want to be in an industry and you want to grow, you need to narrow your focus, not expand it. Hmm. So I would look around and I started seeing the landscaping industry that was getting overcrowded. So a lot of people, you know, they had shrubs and hedges was overgrown. And I said to myself, man, if I start a business just cutting shrubs and hedges, then I can narrow my focus. And I did that for four years, knocking on doors and built up over, you know, 500, 600 customers. We was doing over 100,000 a year. And one of my customers was moving. And he said to me, do you know anybody can get rid of this junk? And I had just bought an old beat up pickup truck. And I said, man, yeah, I can do it. I gave him a price over the phone. I said $300 a truckload. And six truckloads later, I was like, man, this is the real, this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just sent my guys over there. We took the stuff out. And then right from then, um, we started up. I was only part-time, but then once I was going down Sunrise Highway, and this truck had so much stuff wrong with it. I got like 22 summonses, and they put an uh, orange stick on my truck, and they took it off the road. And then my mom helped me buy a dump truck. And then from then on, I went full-time. Man, I, and I just, it feels like your entrepreneurial journey is so unusual compared <laughs> to other people. Because first of all, man, I love how it's, it's always funny to me how I talk to people who like, they've grown these like incredible businesses yeah. and so nonchalant about it. Like your story is just like, oh yeah. And then I, sure. I, you know, I, it's, I love how you just kind of, I don't say you fell into it because obviously you're, you're skilled, you're knowledgeable, you know what you're doing. But it is kind of cool how like you just saw an opportunity and you just you just went for it. You just did it. Yeah. Well, I di- I never I didn't notice it until I started seeing on my way to church. I started seeing this junk um, junk just sitting on the side, and I didn't know it was a thing. And then when it, when my when my when the customer told me about getting rid of stuff, I said, "Man, this is a thing." I started looking it up, researching. I'm like, "Wow, this company's doing um." <laughs> Um, $200 million in business. And I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I should look and in, really get into this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and you know? I, I loved even your previous story too, about your, your landscaping business, man, it feels like it's hard for people to really narrow their focus. And you said it really well. It's, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of energy. It's like, I want to do this, 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 and this, but if you right. can't find the one thing, you know, it's hard to sometimes compete with, especially industries that are really saturated. Right. Absolutely. What one, one, the one thing that I find is a lot of people think that when they expand their product line or if they, I mean, a lot of times you can do that, but if you're not ready, you don't become the leader in that industry. And a lot of times when you're in an industry that's, um, that's saturated, 
you need to create some type of niche. And I always talk about this niches and riches and things like that. But if you're the leader in a business um, in this industry, a lot of you, other people that start, they're gonna they're gonna follow you and they're just gonna push you up. So if you're not the leader, if you didn't first start it in that industry, you need to create a new market or create a new niche so that you become the leader and change your market, your totally marketing message. And it's hard because it seems like you're leaving a lot on the table, but you're really not. You're creating that position and position in business is a lot more important than um, just making money. And a lot of small business people, they don't understand that. So what do you mean? If if you like 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 in the junk removal business right now, the junk removal business is is um, is really general, or a marketing business is really general. Like people may do everything. When you start narrowing down your niche, like my niche right now, my niche is focusing on people that are moving. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'm not trying to go after every customer. Somebody might have junk in their backyard, their basement. You know, they want to get rid of couch and stuff. My market is people that are moving. So now I go after people that are. Um, realtors that are selling houses, senior move managers that are helping seniors downsize and transition into nursing homes and things like that. So I can go after referral sources that refer business to me when other junk removal companies do everything. They get rid of construction debris, they get rid of trees, they get rid of everything. But now I can narrow my focus and I could target on a specific market that is really more profitable than, um, than other markets, than other markets in that, within that industry. And you know, and that that makes sense. What I've noticed is a lot of, um, especially entrepreneurs, but especially business owners, they don't know what the word, like they'll talk about their niche, but then when they say what their niche is, so here's a great example. I was listening to a guy and he was like, yeah, my niche is men and women who use the internet. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so seven, seven billion people then. <laughs> okay, but, right. but in his mind, you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's super clear. You know, it's really clear and it's like, it's, it's not clear. What's the disconnect? Like for you, it's so, the way you say it, it's so obvious. It's people who are moving. And so I'm doing this, 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 and this, but it feels like for new business owners or young business owners, and I don't even mean age wise, I just mean like they're new to the market. They have a really tough time getting a handle on this concept. I mean, I think, I think what it is, is a lot of people haven't made a study of it. Um, the study of business and marketing and understand that um, it, it, like I've been studying the 80, 20 principle for over 20 years. When I first heard of it, um, Richard Koch, I, I studied in it, but it, what happens is it takes a lot of time to get from your head to your heart. And then when I started this junk removal business, I said to myself, and this was in 2005 or something like that. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to start using this 80, 20 principle and see if it really works. So I said, I'm not going to do anything else. I'm, I'm not going to get on the truck. I'm not going to move junk. I'm not going to do anything but focus on making my phone ring. And I was only working, and, and, and it may sound crazy, but this it was in my head, 80-20 principle, work less, earn more. I focused on getting my phone to ring, and I would work maybe two or three hours a day. And after three or four months, we was doing over 30000 a month. Hmm. And I was like, wow. I said, this is crazy. I'm only working two or three hours a day. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the mall. I'm doing all types of stuff. And the business started to boom. And I'm like, the, the narrow focus that I had, it was enough to create enough value to create the business to go up. Now the industry was going at that at the same time, and that's important. But what was more important is that I said, I'm not only going to focus on this. And I got a specific result because I focused on less. Hmm. 
Mm. And it's really hard to understand until you kind of apply it. Like I'll give you a perfect example. You you might have like 10 products and you have two products that are flying out the door and they're really profitable. The other products are sitting around and it costs you money and it's taking up space. It's really hard to get rid of the eight products because people are, you're thinking, oh, these people, I can't get rid of it because my customers want this. But if you're really smart, you would focus more on the two products, get rid of the other ones so you work less, you spend more time on those ones that are moving, and then the business is going to be a lot more profitable. Genius concept. I love that concept. And I, I think you've nailed it. It's a lot of times as the business owner, you know, you see these customers over here that you don't want to let them down. And it's like, well, I have, you know, my friend's mom buys this product. And so I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to not sell it. It reminds right. me of a guy I was talking to. He, he ran like a coffee business and he had like 18 different blends of coffee. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, who wants to buy 18 different? But, but as the <laughs> business owner, a lot of times you feel, you feel like it gives you credibility when you have all these products instead of really understanding the power of exactly what you're talking about, focusing mm-hmm. down and going all in on, man, here's our one thing or here's our, our two things that people really love. Right. Well, I love that about you. That's, that's awesome. That's, and you sound like somebody who has, has business always been in your blood or did you have to learn this stuff or? I mean, yeah, I, I, my, my father, when we was young, my father had us out doing, uh, what, 11, 12 years old, moving snow, pulling grass, um, pulling weeds, cleaning out, you know, warehouses, picking up rocks, all types of stuff when we was younger. And as we start to grow up, my brothers and I, we all in, you know, self-employed in businesses. Um, there are a lot of things that you need to learn in business. One, one thing I learned is, is business is a development. And a lot of times people, small business people think that because I can cut grass, I can create a business. But I've learned that business is a development and you have to understand the nuance. Um, Sorry, say that, say that last bit one more time. I just lost you for a second. Yeah, you have to break things down to its least common denominator. And when once you understand how you can break the things down, then now you can break each part and section down by steps and create systems. And once you are able to create systems, now you have um, steps that need to be done. You can You can create positions and you bring people in to work those positions. A lot of small business people, they just clump everything together right? like a, a room full of cluttered stuff and there's no organization. It's almost like a house with no rooms. Yeah. Like if you had no rooms in a house, you wouldn't know where to cook. You wouldn't know where to sit. You wouldn't know where to, where you're going to go to the bathroom and stuff like that. So they separate all the rooms so that each room has its own compartment, but it creates the whole house. Well, it's amazing. Like how many small business owners I'll talk to who will, will be looking at like their money you know, hey, let's look at your budget. Let's look at like your P&L. And Mm -hmm. there's no like organized document. It's amazing how many times someone will like write out notes like on a piece of paper. Like I spend money here, I put money here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's almost like napkin math. And it's like, man, you have no organization at all for your business. Right, right. And that that happens, that happens to a lot of us. Because we're trying to do everything and we don't recognize, you know, our weakness and bring someone in to help us with that weakness. Now, you know, when you talk about, cause here's the deal, as I'm thinking about what you're saying, I'm sure some of our listeners even, you know, you're talking about when you first got started figuring this out and you were working two or three hours a day, you were, cause there's people out there, man, who are working 10 to 12 hours and barely getting by. 
and they're suspicious of what you're saying. Not suspicious like in a malicious way, like you're lying, but they're just thinking like, how could that be possible? How could it be possible that you, you um, and it's not like you hacked your schedule, but that you, know, you have figured something out business-wise that a lot of people just can't, it doesn't click for them. Well, tell me more about that. Well, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, well, a lot of people they don't understand that less they don't understand that there are more there are things that are more valuable than other things. Everybody looks at things equal. And when I look at life now, but by studying the 8020 principle for so long and then understanding this concept of subtraction, there is really nothing that's equal. There are things that are way more powerful. There are things that are way more valuable. There are things that um, will give you a lot better results if you would just focus on those things rather than the low value tasks. And I'm not saying that the low value tasks don't have to be done. They may have to be done, but it shouldn't be done by you. I heard from uh, one of my mentors that I studied, Perry Marshall, one time he said, you know, there's $10 an hour work, $100 an hour work, $1,000 an hour work, $10,000, even $100,000 an hour work. Now, if, if you're the owner, the owner of the business and you're focusing on the, on the $10 an hour work, you're going to have to put in 100 hours a week in order to make $1,000 a week. Now, if you want to put in 100 hours a week and make $1,000 a week, that's, that's on you. But in order to get to another level, you have to look at, okay, what is more valuable that I should be doing that nobody else is going to really do or can do right now that I can do? So if, if, you, if you start focusing on $100 an hour work, now you could put in $10 or you could put in 10 hours or you can put in one hour, you know, 10 hours and now you make $1,000. Mm-hmm. So you cut your time down drastically. But a lot of people lump everything together and they think everything is equal. Mm-hmm. Even with people, there are some people that's more valuable than others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not, not, and I'm not saying that, you know, um, that they are better than others. It's just that their skill set for the marketplace creates more value for, for the people that's, that wants to receive that product or wants to use that product or service or anything like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it kind of makes me think of, um, you know, it, Honestly, what it makes me think of is people who have like these weird, random, zany talents and they think that they can, you know, it's like the person who sells like the bracelets on the side of the road, you know, for like five bucks, five bucks each or whatever, which Mm -hmm. not that that person hasn't put a lot of love and attention into those things, Mm -hmm. but the market's very, uh, you know, it's, it can be a harsh place, which is why you have to really think about what am I going to invest my time in? in a way that the market is saying, yes, I want that and I'm going to pay for that. Right. Absolutely. I've noticed also, you know, going back to your comment on, you know, delegating stuff out and bringing people on, then I've noticed a lot of business owners, they struggle and it's not just like the clumping. It's not just like the, um, the lack of organization. Then for some leaders, they, I guess it's control and I guess it's ego. It's, it's, I have to be involved with everything because, you know, I, I can't let go. I can't not be the central person. And it just doesn't seem like you can scale when you do it that way. You know, what's, what's been your experience? You know, you said you have a few guys you work with, you know, what does it look like for you? It, I think, I think it, it, it depends on the trust thing. Like a lot of people, mm-hmm. they say you can't find good help or you can't trust anybody. I mean, and that's what life is all about and relationships is all about. If you can't trust, then how are you going to get ahead? How are you going to move ahead? One of the things that I found is when I'm trying to do everything myself, 
there's, there's some times when I'm not doing the things I know I'm supposed to do because I might not like doing it, even though it has to be done. But when you bring other people on and that's their specific job and that's all they're, they're focused on doing, it's a lot easier to get done. As a business owner, there's so many different things that we have to do that fall through the cracks and we don't, we don't get, get them done because there's so many different things. But when you bring on people and they have a specific job, it's so much easier because mm-hmm. it's easy to do one of things. It's easier to focus, especially if somebody's telling you what to do. And especially if it's a step by step by step. And if you, if you wrote out, if you wrote down the steps, a lot of business owners, this is what I say. If you think about the strategic part of your business and you think about everything that needs to be done, you break everything down. And you create steps, boom, 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 boom. And then you would hand it off to someone. Not saying that they have to follow it that way, but then they have steps. They know exactly where to go. They can add um, the things that they learn to it and stuff like that. But by creating those steps, it makes it much simpler to follow. And then you can follow up a lot easier. Have you ever read when the- you uh, break them down to the least common Have you ever read the book, um, The E-Myth? Yeah. <laughs> so you myth. Matter of fact, I, yeah, I, I studied that. Yeah, it's a good book. Well, there's a great line in there. That talks about working, working in your business versus working on your business. And it's about, you know, being right. so trapped in the day to day that you never like get out and look at the business, you know, from 30, 30,000 foot view. But that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about actually creating strategy around the business rather than, you know, even letting your daily schedule run you and dictate right. what, you're going to be doing. Right. Absolutely. And you sound like, man, you sound like you love to read business books. I mean, you've, you've nailed, you've named a few that I need to pick up myself. Well, yeah, I love, yeah, I love, I've been studying business and marketing since, you know, seven, when I was 17 years old, a good friend of mine, we was playing basketball at my friend's house and he gave me the book, Think and Grow Rich. And from that time on, I was just a um, self-development junkie <laughs> and I, I just constantly read books and you know, uh, marketing and business type books, not so much finances and money, which I should, you know, that was one of the mistakes that I've made. I'm looking in the past, one of the mistakes I've made, I didn't focus on restudying the finances and the, um, you know, kind of what to do with the money. But I studied the business, the marketing, the development part. And it was really important aspect of the growth of, you know, of your thinking, you know. Well, how many, how many business owners do you run into who they just, they just aren't self-developers or, you know. <laughs> no, every, I mean, when you look at it on a local level, you see it everywhere. Um, when you go to different conferences and stuff, you may see it. A, a lot of people are really the same, but, you know, sometimes it, we act like we're doing more than that, what we really are. Like we, we know that most people are in the same situation. The 80-20 principle says 20% of the people are producing 80% of the results or anything like that. And I totally believe that. So 80% of the people we look at are actually, you have the same problems. We're trying to learn the same things. We're trying to move up. We're trying to get ahead. But we're all going through the same struggles, the same problems. But it, it on the outside, it looks like we're really not. Um, when Once we start to admit that and we start to make those changes, the necessary changes, we start with subtraction, then we can move forward. But a lot of people, you know, it's like we play this game like, oh, man, this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm doing it and stuff. And then we don't if, – if you was to look at a, a, a multi-billion dollar company or a multi-million dollar company and you see how they ran their operations, you'd say, man, I'm not really, I'm not really up to par. I'm not really up to par where I should be. 
Yeah. And I've, I've noticed that, I, man, especially in today's social media world, people yeah. are really good at presenting themselves as better than they're actually doing in their business Absolutely. and in personal life. Man, I've also Absolutely. noticed that people, um, some people just can't, you know, on the, in the personal development space, they just, they cannot, um, I don't want to say they can't take advice. And you've probably mm-hmm. run into people who've asked for your perspective, who, you know, you told them this is what you need to go do. And then they go do the opposite or, you know, going back to the e-myth, I had a guy who was like, oh, his business was really failing. And he's like, oh, I've read that book. It stinks. It doesn't apply to me. And I, was <laughs> like, I was like, really? Because it's, it's literally about a failing business, which is what you have. And he was like, oh yeah, right. Why well, didn't get anything out of it? And you know, there's just some people they just can't, for whatever reason, they just cannot, um, they just can't take advice. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it takes a it takes a while to get it from your head to your heart. One of my assistants one time said me said to me, "When you get sick and tired, you'll change." <laughs> you know, That's some right. people need to change their environment. You know, some people are going through struggles in life. Is there's so many different aspects of things that can affect our business. One of the things that affected my business going through a, um, a divorce, and it it had me, you know, for ten years. For 10 years, I was drifting. Like after two, 2007, 2008, we're doing all this business stuff and then, and then going through this separation and a marriage and then just frustrated and stressed out. And, you know, the kid's not living with you anymore. And I, had to, I went through 10 years of just, you know, just drifting. I wasn't focused on my business. I was doing a lot of writing because I write a lot. I wrote, and, and um, in that meantime, I wrote a couple of books. But... It made me, life made my business become on hold. Mm. So I had to stop. I didn't really have to stop, but it was just like I was like in limbo. Mm. And it took a a certain time. I got to a certain point, like in 2015, I wrote my first book, Downsizing Before Transition, targeting seniors that are are going to nursing homes and stuff. And I was like, I really realized that I love to write. So now I'm in this business space and I'm running this business. I'm trying to run a business, but I realize I'm focusing maybe on the wrong thing. Like my passion and what I love to do is speak and write. And I'm not doing that. But it took my ex leaving for me to realize like, man, maybe I should change my direction. Yeah. And and it's, and and obviously like, you know, and I empathize with your circumstances and like what you've been through. And we all, you know, we all have these things we go through. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm hearing you say is sort of like this silver lining of, you know, you went through these challenging moments, but they've kind of brought you to where you are today of kind of recognizing these, these new discoveries about yourself and really focusing yourself. And, right. you know, so I, I guess it is kind of a silver lining. Yeah. And it's a process. I mean, a lot of times people think you hear something, you, you have something good, and as soon as you apply it, it starts working. But it, it takes a process in order for you to get it, and then it takes a little time for you to start implementing it. And then once you start implementing it, it takes time for it to start to start seeing the results of it. Um, unless, unless you're dealing with 80-20, because once you start fo- change your focus from low-value activities to high-value activities, Usually, within a sh- within a short period of time, you notice a huge difference. Like one, I mean, uh, two years ago, I was spending like five thousand a month on Google Ads, and I'm like, I'm getting a lot of customers that that I really didn't want. Like, uh, you know, people would call me, checking out prices and thinking about, okay, 
I want to get rid of the junk. And it, it was, you know, jobs, maybe $100, $200 jobs, things like that. And I had to go through a lot of leads. Then I shifted my thinking. I'm like, man, if I keep going after, if I'm spending this much money, yeah, but I'm not going after people that are in a specific niche, like a profit, more profitable job, then I'm kind of turning my wheels. So then I started changing my thinking. If I started spending money on going after referral sources, yeah. even if it was direct marketing, even if it was on social media, it doesn't really matter where, but if I change my attention, and if I get a hundred realtors to refer me one job or two jobs a month, that's going to change the profitability of my, of the business. And mm-hmm. that's what I, you know, that's what I started to focus on. I started to see that. And um, a lot of business owners, they just don't want to stop doing business the way they've always done it. Yeah. And I, I think, I guess as I'm listening to you, I, I wish I, I want to like, you know, grab this soundbite because it's, it's, what you've shared could totally revolutionize a lot of people's current business because they are spinning their wheels. You know, that whole 80-20 concept, they're spinning their wheels on what they've either always done or what feels right in the moment. But just because it feels right in the moment doesn't mean it's actually profitable for you long-term. You know, I talked to a guy who he's been working on a podcast for forever. And I said, well, do you get any business from the podcast? And he was like, oh, no, I don't. I was like, well, why are you doing it? And he's like, well, because, you know, you're supposed to have a podcast. <laughs> I was like, well, are you supposed to have a podcast or should you be going? And, you know, and so I, I think, um, I think uh, it's just interesting. I mean, I think it, it's funny how it's hard for people to get out of the day-to-day and really look at their business strategically. Um, right. I appreciate your story about that. I mean, it's, 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 it's more than that. Like to me, the 80-20 principle, like I, I've been studying it for a long time, but then there was one day when I was in my business and I was thinking about teaching and writing and I'm thinking about all of these people and how most people have a, a success formula. And I'm like, what can be my success formula? What could be my word? Because I'm studying the marketing books and stuff. And one day I was just sitting in my office like I always do. I, I don't work a lot. I don't spend a lot of time. I'm not working 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day like most people. My mindset is still on 80, 20, but not right now I'm trying to put it totally, my whole total life in it. So I'm sitting in my office and the conference room, I'm staring out the windows at the cars going by and I'm thinking, what can be my word? I was like, man, in school, they taught us how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. And I'm a big component on the system that they they teach us in school is really not the things that we should, that we're going to need in life. And I was like, man, they taught us how to add and subtract, multiply, and divide. And I said, success starts with subtraction. It doesn't start with addition. So now everybody is programmed that I need to have more. I need to do more. I need to um, try to accomplish more with more instead of less. And I realized, like, man, this is crazy. So what I did is I created this success formula, and I just changed the order subtraction plus addition. So, cause if you subtract everything that's around you, just like in a cluttered room in a house, get rid of everything that you don't need that you haven't used and stuff like that. You're going to be more clear. Now you can add whatever you need to add. You can put that side, you can put that thing inside the house that you're going to use it. And then you can divide your time. Like when you're dealing with business, you can, um, do you divide your time, you delegate, you, you, you hand it off and now you can multiply. And if you do it in that order, Everything will work out because subtraction creates clarity. You know, addition without subtraction creates clutter. 
And a lot of people they don't they don't understand that concept because we've ever since we've been kids, you know, mine, 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 this is mine, 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 mine. But you have to start with subtraction. So get rid of anything that's wasting your time, energy, effort, space, money, and then you start looking at what do I need to build on this? Because you can't see what's valuable around you when you have so much stuff. Well, it's it's noise, right? It's yeah. You can't see what's important with all the noise. Absolutely. Man, well, this has been pretty amazing. We're unfortunately out of time. I mean, okay. what, what can listeners do to follow you, engage with you? Just not because because obviously you really have a great grip on business. You know, for someone who wants to learn more about you or just just follow you in general, what's the best thing that they can do? Well, they can go to Jeff Turner Talk Junk, Jeff Turner Talks Junk dot com. Well, they can follow me on um, Twitter, Jeffrey Turner. They can go to all the social medias, Jeff Turner's World or Jeff Turner Talks Junk. Right, right. For the listeners, I'll put those links in the podcast description. Jeff, it's been amazing. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Blake. I appreciate you having me. For the listeners, if you're a first-time listener, you just got some pretty incredible advice from Jeff Turner. Man, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you really love this episode, go and leave a five-star review. We'll continue to bring you guys some amazing guests who can learn about their story and also apply it to your own business. Thanks for listening. We'll check you later. I'll see you.